If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out EasyBeasy. EasyBeasy is easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With EasyBeasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. EasyBeasy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeasy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeasy. Try EasyBeasy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. EasyBeasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mo crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. I'm so excited to bring on today's guest. Today's guest is Christine Martin of Southwestern Consulting. Now, Southwestern Consulting is a coaching program. It's a one-on-one coaching program that strengthens your skills and helps you create systems that help you get an increased income by 46% and also a productivity improvement of up by 58% in 12 months. So guys, I'm very excited to have her on here today. And today we wanted to chat a little bit about why accountability and coaching is so important to you to really help you get to the next level. So welcome, Christine. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So Christine, awesome. And when you take a moment to share a little bit about yourself, how you got really started in sales and a little bit about Southwestern Consulting. Yeah, sure. So my name is Christine Martin. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. How I got into sales was I started young. Um, I mean, I babysat as a kid, so I guess that's kind of sales too. But I started in college, I was recruited to work for a internship program called Southwestern Advantage, where they hire college students to sell educational books and software door to door during your summers of college. So I did that every summer I was in college. It was an exchange program. So I always went up to the Northeast. But yeah, I would sell 80 hours a week books door to door, straight commission. From there, Southwestern has a really great, obviously, sales program, and they're the parent company of 32 other companies. And after college, I went and worked with another sales company of theirs. And then when I moved back to St. Louis, after living in California for about eight years, I decided to kind of come back and work for Southwestern Consulting. So Southwestern Consulting is the sales training division of Southwestern Advantage. So Southwestern Advantage is actually the oldest direct sales company in the United States. So all those same principles that we learned selling books, we've created, taken those principles and really put them into practice, 
teaching individuals in the business world, all industries, how to grow their sales, become more efficient, hold them accountable to the things that they specifically need to do to reach their goals, reach their potentials and become more efficient. Now, I'm excited to bring her on here today because I've been looking to find somebody to be on the show to talk about sales and things like that. And actually through a friend of ours, Send in uh, Bookkeeping, he actually introduced me to Christine and, and just talking to her and finding out what they do. And, and it's it's an amazing, amazing service you guys have. And I, I'm excited to have you on here today to talk about some of this stuff. And today I really wanted to kind of start talking about something that we see really landscapers struggling with is is really finding I don't know if it's a time or a need or whatever it is exactly of investing in yourself. They'll have no problem investing in a piece of equipment or perhaps even software, but finding the the time and money to invest in themselves is something I see them struggle with. And one thing I want to share about Christine too, her husband's actually in the green industry. He started out doing landscaping and now has a garden center. So she knows exactly what goes on in an industry. So don't worry if you think uh, the salesperson's not from our green industry. She is. She knows it very, very well. So Christine, you mind sharing a little bit of something that you see? Is it something that you do see as far as uh, anybody in general, you know, investing in themselves? So that word specifically, right? Investment. I think when people hear what the the price of what anything costs, if you're going to pay for a program, whether it's joining Million Dollar Landscaping Academy and having a monthly fee, whether it's getting a one-on-one coach, paying something monthly, or paying to be part of a webinar, going to an event, any of those things, a lot of people see as just like, oh, that's a cost. I just don't know if I want to spend that much money. And when that mindset of like, well, I don't know if I want to spend that money, the reality is your business is never going to grow. You're never going to grow if you're not investing back in yourself. And that goes for whether or not you're a business owner, whether or not your mom, your father, because at the end of the day, you're your longest relationship. And if you aren't actively putting time and attention and financial dollars into yourself to grow your mindset, the way you do things, sharpen your systems, be held accountable for what it is that you need to do, have somebody from the outside be able to look and say, hey, you've been focusing on this activity and it's not making you any money. Here's really probably what we should focus on and let's track that to make sure we're getting where we want to go. I think so many people, they don't view the money they spend like, well, I can't afford that. It's like, but can, can you, it's really the opposite, right? Like, but you can't afford to not grow because otherwise in, in a year, six months, two years, you're going to be closing your doors because you can't afford to keep your business open because you didn't take the time to figure out what you specifically needed to do to run your business efficiently. Yeah. And I, a couple of things I think landscapers specifically struggle with is they can see like if they go out and purchase a piece of equipment, whether it's a mower or a skidster truck, whatever it is, it's something tangible. They feel mm-hmm. they can touch it. And, and that's where I think there's a little uh, misconception, you know, where they, you know, have a sales coach like yourself or, you know, in our program like ourselves that mentally you're gaining that knowledge. They just have a hard time investing in that money. And, and it's something that I feel it's getting better in this industry, but it's still, I feel something that they, they just struggle with and just have a hard time putting out that money because they, I don't know, I don't know if they feel that they're concerned that they're not going to make the money back or they're just wasting their money. Is that something that you see as well? Totally. It's, well, we live in a society of instant gratification. If you think of just the idea of social media, right? You post a picture, you instantly get likes, hundreds of likes, comments, all these things. It's an instant gratification mentality and that we live in that right now. But what people don't realize is sometimes you have habits 
that are costing you money, costing you business. I think the biggest thing that happens with landscapers specifically is that a lot of times it's people got into landscaping because they worked for another company and they realized, hey, I could do this myself and I could make all the profit, right? I mean, sometimes, yes, you have to pay for the material, that kind of thing, but they realize their profit margins can be a lot higher if they do it themselves versus having to pay out other people, but then you're limited to how much you can do. And same goes for like, if you don't have the right systems, If I mean, time management is a system. If you don't properly work out how are you going to run your calendar effectively and you're only limited to so many jobs, like, well, that's money you're losing out on. So yes, the instant gratification of buying equipment helps you to get the job done faster. But the biggest tool that everyone has is their mind and their time. And if you're not spending money on trying to improve that, then it doesn't matter how many great tools that you have in your trailer and your shed wherever you keep all your equipment, right? You're still losing money and you're still leaving a lot of money on the table because you're not investing in the biggest tool, which is yourself. The other advantage that I, I just see from just our people is you're not making the mistakes. You're not spending the time trying to do all the trials and errors. You're getting advice from people who have been there, have been have done that and have learned their, from their own mistakes. You're Basically, you're just jumping ahead of everybody else. And that's one thing I think is is so helpful, just getting the one-on-one coaching, no matter what it is, whether it's sales or business or whatever it is. Right. Passing up those mistakes is a huge thing. Totally. And I think I find in my area, there'll be people who they're like, oh, I just, I don't think right now is the right time for me to invest in a coach. And it's like, well, there's never going to be a right time. The stars are not going to align and like, God's not going to part the Red Sea to say, okay, Scott, now's the time. You need to get a coach. That's not how it works. But it's, do I understand there's a difference between being able to, yes, like pay for something and not, and have it be a sacrifice versus not being able to afford something. Same when somebody does go out and buy a tool or equipment, right? It's like, sure, you can put things on a credit card and that's not wise. But I find that a lot of people are held back because they feel like, well, let me try this way first and see if it works. Let me, let me, you know, I just need to do better. I just need, I, let me try to do better. It's like, well, what have you done up until this point that gives you the confidence that you're going to change something? Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I think so many people will kind of say, well, I don't need a coach. I, I'll, just, I'll wait for a little bit. Let me just try this first. And it's like, by doing that, you're delaying success. You're delaying being able to get to that next level. Because I think oftentimes when we only focus on ourselves, and like, well, let me try to do this. Let me try to be better in this way, shape or form. Let me buy this tool. Let me hire this guy to, you know, to make things better. And if there's no system or no plan in place for that, then you're doing it and kind of throwing mud at a wall and hoping that it sticks. Exactly. But I think sometimes people view coaching specifically as like, well, I have to be like really like maybe two months away from being able to pay my bills before I can get a coach. They think they need to wait till they're failing until they get a coach. But a lot of times it's like when you've hit growth that you've never hit before, okay, if you want to go to that next level, the same things that got you to that first level of growth oftentimes aren't the same things that are going to get you to that next level. So getting a coach doesn't necessarily come from if you're failing. I think coaching is, yes, maybe when you're doing, when you're not hitting your stride, you're, you're kind of feeling lost and you're like, I got to do something. Sure, getting a coach then, but also in the middle of like, hey, I've had some success, but it's not consistent. That's a good time to get a coach too. If you've had your best year ever, that's one of the best times to get a coach because 
you are already on that momentum of wanting to get to that next level. So it's like, well, why wouldn't you get a person in your corner who's not your significant other, who's not your boss, not your business partner, not your coworker, to be able to bird's eye view and look and say, hey, here's what we're doing. It's going really well. What's the next part of that? And then be able to hold you accountable to doing those things so that you can continue that trajectory of growth versus a lot of people have great years and then that next year is like they plateau. Or that next year, it's like, oh, shucks, we really didn't do that well this year. And it's because they stopped doing those little things or they just kept doing the same things and that wasn't enough to sustain it. And I think, too, with the just even the just the changing economy that's happening right now. And I know the landscape industry a lot. I've been hearing more and more people. Things have kind of gone back. So if you just continue, like you said, doing the same thing over and over, it may not work next year. So having somebody that has gone through, you know, a lull in the, in the financial side of things that can give you that guidance is, is so helpful. The other thing I think that you mentioned too is the, the accountability. That to me, that was helpful. Just even for myself, having somebody hold me accountable to doing things that really helped me progress my life and, and my business. How often do you recommend you you know you have that in your life? You having somebody hold you accountable? I mean, you need it every day, right? I mean, on our coaching, we have it's two coaching calls a month, but I mean, there's still I talk to I mean certain coaching clients. We text every day. We text once a week. But even on days I don't talk to them, they still put their numbers in for what they did action item wise. And they're held accountable to like, if they don't do it, guess what? They get a text from me saying, hi, did we run off and join the circus? We're no longer working. Like, what are, where are our numbers here? So I think the accountability piece of doing what you know you need to do. And that's one of the biggest things that we focus on within coaching is that so often as humans, we attach our worth, our success to our results. But you cannot control results. What you can control is your controllable activity that needs to be done consistently in order to yield the results you're expecting, right? So that's one of the first things we do within coaching is we really establish what is your vision? Like, not right now. And I think that's sometimes what I see this a lot in landscaping. I see this a lot in real estate and mortgage. Like so many people, so many business owners, so many salespeople, we go like, oh, I'm just going day to day. I'm going one week at a time. We don't look at what is your long-term vision and what are your short-term goals that we need to do now that are going to set the foundation to get us to that long-term vision. And so one thing we do within coaching is we talk about what is your vision? What's your vision for the next three months, six months, one year, three years, five years, 10 years? And then we reverse engineer to really figure out, okay, what are the specific controllable activities you need to be doing daily, weekly, monthly, that are going to move our needle forward to getting there. And we track that because if you don't track it, then you're just guessing at what you need to fix. But then when you track things, you're able to see, okay, hey, what is working? What is going well? And then that's where we really dive into prospecting is a huge thing that comes into play for all salespeople, right? If you don't have people coming in and buying your product, buying your services, guess what? You don't make more money. You don't grow. You can't pay your bills. <laughs> so in finding out what do I need to do to get that end result? How do I work backwards to figure out how many prospects do I need to have in order to be able to, you know, give a quote, pitch them, be able to do an analysis of what it's going to cost for me to do their, their landscaping in their backyard, you know, specifically for landscapers. And then from there, it's how many people, how many referrals do we need to get? Where are we getting those referrals? Where are we getting that? If you don't start with the things that you can control, and then work on the skills from there. Like, what is your presentation? Is it confidence or is it, you know, because 
sales is a transfer of emotions. And sure, there's that instant gratification within landscaping where they're able to see the difference between the way their backyard looked before and the way that it turns into. And that's, yes, the instant gratification. But how many people did you have to talk to before you got that sale? And I think that's sometimes the things that people don't think about and they don't look at. And that's where the accountability comes from within coaching of what we do specifically to talk about, okay, how many names do you need? How many pitches do you have to do before you finally get that job done, that sales done? And how many of those do you need to have in order to get that level of growth that you need? So tracking the things that are consistent and working on the things along the way, what's your closing percentage? Do you have a close? Because a lot of people are like, well, what do you think? Let me know if you want to do this. It's not close. So in that, it's really working on those skills, those controllable activities and being held accountable to doing them consistently and improving those things along the way and having somebody that can role play with you kind of say, hey, why you over any other landscaper and really work on those skills so that you become a better salesperson can can get more people to say yes. But you're talking to enough people. You're giving yourself enough at bats to be able to give yourself the, the chance to even hit the numbers that you have projected in your head. I agree hundred percent on that. I, I was told by a coach a long time ago, you know, people spend more time planning their vacations than they do planning their visions, planning their goals in their, in yeah. their lives or personal business lives. It's so true. You know, it, if you really look at it, you know, a vision, like you said, it's like planning your road trip to go to another state or wherever you're going to go and all those turns and stuff that come along the way and, and change of direction. You have to plan all that out. Same thing in your business. And it, once yeah. they, he said that to me and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I understand that now. Cause I, I was kind of the same way early on. I didn't have any plans or any goals. I just went out, I got to make some sales. I'll go do that and just winged it. Right. So it, it really changed my life when I started thinking about it that way. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons coaching works is because you have somebody who is on the outside, right? Like as a coach, I don't make a single extra dollar if my coaching client hits their goal. My goal is I want them to hit their goal because that's where I'm invested. But I think having somebody, because sometimes I think when you, you're like, oh, my boss holds me accountable. My wife holds me accountable. My my business partner holds me accountable. Well, all of those people have specific skin in the game of like, if you're not successful enough, right? Like, okay, well, if, the, if you financially you're struggling, you and your wife might have a tiff. You and your business partner might have a tiff. Whereas your coach is on the outside and is able to stay neutral in the sense of, hey, we've tried it this way. And I think we keep hitting this roadblock. Why don't we try this? Let's try this for a couple of weeks and let's track and see how it goes. Right. And being able to have somebody that's on the outside, one, it's like having children, right? You're going to listen to that person that's from third party, not in your business, because they're not the person like, you know, your wife tells you to do something. It's like, okay, whatever. But then your buddy can say, hey, Scott, let's try to do this. And you're like, oh, that's a great idea. And that's how we're wired, right? Same with kids. You can, you can tell your kid to do something till you're blue in the face. Their pitching coach for baseball can say, hey, why don't we try it this way? And it's like, oh, that's a great idea. So it's that same concept when it comes to your business. Sometimes you can look at something till you're blue in the face of how am I going to get my sales from this to this? How am I going to get, you know, where I need to go? And it's having somebody else that's completely removed say, why don't we try this? It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. And that's, I think, where the accountability comes in. But yes, having a roadmap of where you need to go. But sometimes the voice of who's telling you, who's giving the directions, I think makes a huge difference on whether or not you listen and follow the road. Now, I know you mentioned, you know, the the term vision, we mentioned the term goal. Mm -hmm. 
What's the difference between those two? So a vision is just like uh, what you see yourself, right? Like that can sometimes be the long term. Like if you want, if your vision is to have a life where you don't have to worry about money, to be able to have generational wealth for your kids, to be able to hire three, you know, take it to where you're not the one, like you're a business owner. You're not the one that has to do every single job because you can just be on the outside and you have enough guys, you know, managerial people below you that can do the work run the business. So if you wanted to take a two week vacation with your wife to Italy, you're not having to do that. So your vision is that long term of just here are the things I have, whereas the goals are kind of that you work backwards to say, here's the specific metric that I need to have. So for me, if we're saying like, okay, my goal is to sell 100 coaching clients, okay, well, my vision might be I want to be a top producer within my company, I want to be a vision for people that we hire you know, working moms who come into our company and say, I don't know if I can be a present mom and do this. And it's like, well, Christine does it. Um, She has a baby and she works and she still makes it happen. Right. So maybe my vision is to be a top producer within my company, but then my goal is I want to sell a hundred clients in order to do that. And then from there you go into like the habits of what specific things do I need to do? How many calls do I need to make? How many names do I need to have? How many trainings do I need to run? How many conversations do I need to have? to give myself enough at bats to be able to sell a hundred clients to eventually be a top producer within my company. So you start with your vision of where do you want to be? Then you work backwards to, okay, what are the specific goals that I need to hit and attain in order to get to that vision? And those goals sometimes can always change, right? It might be, okay, I want to sell a hundred coaching clients, but then also in order to be a, a leader within my company, I need to have a team as well. Okay, well, my, one of my other goals is to recruit five people or we're thinking amongst landscapers, right? If your goal is I want to be able to do 30 million in revenue, it's like, okay, well, if that's your goal and it's because your vision is to be able to take a three-week vacation and have the business run itself and you don't have to stress about every other thing because you know that you have the systems in place, the goal, that's the goal, that's the vision. Then the goal is, okay, I want to do 30 million in revenue. And then from there, we figure out, okay, what specifically do we need to do? What's your average? How much do you make your average revenue per job? How many jobs do you need in order to get to 30 million? So it's just working backwards. You start with your vision and then you work backwards to, okay, what are the specific goals that are going to get us to that vision? And those goals sometimes change. Once you hit one goal, then it's like, okay, what's the next part of that vision that I need to be working towards? But the habits a lot of times are where it comes and sometimes you change how much of something you do and and what you're doing, but it's always making sure that you're tracking it and making sure that it's yielding the results that you're expecting. Gotcha. And I think the habits is something that we kind of get stuck in. And and that's to me is where having a coach to help you adjust those habits along the ways to reach those goals. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And well, and it's, it's having the habits because you can have really great habits. I mean, it takes 21 days to form a habit, 90 days to form a lifestyle. And we all have really good habits that we have. We all have really bad habits, but our habits make our systems and we don't rise to our goals. We fail to our systems, James Clear, Atomic Habits. And that's a lot of times some habits become just monotonous. And when we're not tracking it or we're not making sure that we're making the right things a habit and doing those consistently, that's where we fall short of. It's like, well, sometimes I stick to my schedule. Sometimes I make my dials. Sometimes I'm, you know asking for referrals or selling an additional, you know, boulder project or, you know, selling additional things to a, to a project when I remember to ask, 
And it's like, well, we have to form the habit of asking every single time. And then you can track, okay, if I'm asking 10 people a week and seven are saying, no, okay, that's closing percentage of 70%. But a lot of times it's, well, sometimes I ask and sometimes I don't. And then that is where the disconnect happens of, okay, how do we retrain ourselves to make a habit of every time you ask? I love that because we just did a training pretty recently on like having a sales process. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of people out there that don't, and especially in the landscape industry, that don't have a sales process. They don't have this process that go through and and figure out what they need to do to change because they don't have that consistent thing. If they just kind of wing it here and wing it another time, you don't have that way to track it. Is that something else you see? Exactly. Well, and I think it's, It's also understanding that it is a process. I mean, like there's seven steps in the sales cycle and it starts with, okay, you have a name of somebody like a a referral or you have a prospect. Okay. Then you call that referral. Then you introduce yourself to them, build referral, find out what their need is. Then you present a lot of people. The mistake they make is like, that's all one part. Like, oh, I call them and I go through all of these things in one swoop. And it's like, well, but if that's all one swoop and then they're like, oh, okay, I don't think I need this. It's like, well, you didn't fully give them a chance to tell you what they needed so that you could ask for the sale close. I think a lot of times people just put it all in a process. But more importantly, what a lot of people do is they lean it like for those that cycle of the sale, they lean into what they're good at. Like they know, oh, I know my work is really great. Landscaping specifically, right? I know my work is really great. My prices might be a little bit higher, but my level of service and the end product is better than who else you're going to talk to and get a quote from, right? And people can stand by that. And it's like, okay, but then where in your introduction do you need to spend more time getting them to understand, oh, yes, I have this need and I'm okay spending more money because I want this outcome. And so we lean into the things that we're really good at and we very rarely take the time to work on the things that are our shortcomings. And if we did that, that would be the difference. And even if it got you two or three more sales, that can be the difference of, you know, hundreds of dollars of revenue a month, a year, that could be the difference of your business going from point A to point B. Yeah, absolutely. Now, kind of stepping back a little bit to the visions, Mm -hmm. do you have any strategies or anything that you can recommend to help people stay committed to the visions, especially if they they experience some kind of hardship or, you know, some setback or something? Yes. I mean, I think you can get discouraged, right? When you're maybe you have a down year, but the reality is your vision shouldn't change. If your goal is to one is to retire by the time you're 65 or to be able to, I go back to this, like go on a vacation with your wife for three weeks in Italy. It's like that vision doesn't change. Even if you have a a down year, it's one year isn't going to make or break. I always tell people this, like, one year isn't necessarily going to completely destroy your vision. You might have to go a different way. It might take a little bit longer, but your vision stays the same. And I think oftentimes people just get discouraged thinking like, well, I can't do that anymore because I had a bad year. And it's like, well, the the goal might change and the the route we take to, to achieve that first goal to then go to the second so that we can continue to work towards that vision might be different. But a lot of times it's, if you don't understand your why, Um, which is your vision, if you don't have a why. And a lot of times for most people, like especially landscapers, right? The reason they are hard workers is because they have families that they need to take care of. And so maybe their why is that they want to be able to provide for their kids and show that hard work will pay off, right? And then their vision is part of that of like, I don't want to have to work as many hours because I want to be present with my kids. Okay, well then we reverse engineer to figure out what are the goals that get you there. But the reality is, even if you have an off year, that shouldn't change your vision. 
because your vision is who you want to become, what you want to do, why you want to, like what your why is. And whether you have a good year or a bad year, if you have kids, you need to be an example for If you have a bad year that doesn't change what you want to do, what you want to be for your kids. Right. It might discourage you a little bit, but also, I mean, there's still, there's always growth that comes from a setback, right? Like a setback is just, you can decide if that setback is going to define you or if you are going to be able to have that just be a part of your story and say, okay, this didn't work. What do I have to do now so that that doesn't happen again? And I can grow from this and I continue to grow and I don't go backwards every time I go forward. And to me right there is one huge benefit of having a, a coaching person just to even just to talk about things and, and, mm-hmm. and try to, you know, figure out where would things went wrong or what happened or what could you have done different? Just having that conversation with, especially somebody that's kind of outside of your, your realm, outside of your family or mm-hmm. friends or whatever. I think that's very beneficial. Is that something too you see? 100%. I think, I mean, I think a lot of times people will say, so within Southwestern coaching, we talk about like the triangle of success and the triangle of success. What you need is you need skills, you need motivation and you need systems right? And then around that triangle is a circle that's accountability. Motivation comes and goes, right? Um, And if you put your motivation in whether or not you make a sale or you don't, you ride that roller coaster constantly. Whereas if you put your motivation into the consistent, controllable work you can do, whether you got a sale or you didn't, and you know that you're still doing the work enough to, again, move you to your goals. I think my job as a coach is some people like, oh, you're just somebody's cheerleader. And I'm like, some days, yeah, that is my job. Some days I, it's, it's talking people off a ledge to say, hey, this one day does not define us. So what are two things we can do today to move the needle forward? And tomorrow, what's, what are we going to focus on for tomorrow to continue to put one foot in front of the other? Right. But I think that accountability and it's really that controllable activity that we do within coaching to help figure out what can you do. Because if you can build your confidence in How many people do you need to talk to? Like you can control that. You can control how many conversations you have. You can control how many new prospect names you get a week. But it's when we put our focus into things that we can't control that we oftentimes feel defeated. We feel like things are out of our control. And that's when we're like, oh, I don't like this. So having somebody that, yes, is removed and be able to say, I feel defeated, Christine. And it's like, okay, well, what are three good things that are going right right now? And then we focus on that. And and your coach can't help you necessarily not have those negative thoughts, but they can work with you to rewrite the script to where that's not where you end. You continue to figure out, hey, what do I need to do to move my my right foot in front of my left foot right now? And that right there is is the difference between just talking just even to your spouse who may not understand your feel, may not understand everything and doesn't have that coaching background, hasn't had that, you know, has been taught how to ask the right questions. And that's, that to me is one of the biggest things. Cause I've heard people say, even just for our program, well, I'll just, I'll just talk to some people around me. Well, the people around you might be in the same circumstance and don't understand and don't Mm -hmm. understand how to ask the right questions. And that's where like someone like yourself, it, it, to me is so, so important. Well, and the people around us oftentimes let us off the hook. Like my husband loves me probably more than anyone else on this planet. Maybe the only person tied with him would be my six and a half month old because, you know, I'm his whole world. But my husband loves me. And there are times when, yes, we have to have tough conversations when it comes to my goals or his goals or our finances, that kind of thing. But Mike is always going to give me the benefit of the doubt because he loves me. And I think the people that are closest to us let us off the hook oftentimes because they love us and because they're like, well, you're working really hard. 
And like, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but that doesn't necessarily help you put one foot in front of the other. So it helps you make, maybe helps you feel better so that you don't feel like such a failure or you don't feel like, oh man, but it doesn't help you to say, okay, this didn't work. What do I do next? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I mean, your coach is going to help you to, Hey, I know this sucks right now. Can you go have two conversations today? And we're just going to focus on two conversations. It's like, okay. And then guess what? Maybe one of those conversations turns into a $20,000 job. And it was like, okay, that's what you needed to get you out of that funk because you just made a sale. But we didn't focus on the sale. We focused on the conversation, which is something you can control. I love it. Now, I know you mentioned consistency. How important is consistency in everything that we do? I mean, consistency is the only way that change happens. I mean, if you if you want consistent results, you want to continuously like, hey, we need to month over month be growing or we need to bottom line be making X amount of dollars. Well, the only way that you're going to get there is through consistent activity, right? And if we're not consistent with our activity, with our output, we can't expect consistent results. It doesn't work, right? And I think there's a quote that I love that one of my fellow coaches always says, and it's like, you, it says, don't be mad about the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. And that hurts when you hear that because you're like, oh, shucks, wait, like hit me right in the right in the throat, right in the jugular, Christine. Yeah. But it's true. If you didn't do the work and you didn't, you weren't consistent in figuring out what needed to happen. I mean, I compare it to like working out, right? You can go to the gym consistently, but if you don't consistently have a good diet as well, you're not going to lose the weight. If you only go to the gym once a week and you eat McDonald's four days a week, you're not going to get the results you want, right? Because you're not consistently doing what you need to do. Same with, you know, if you're not consistently getting however many names you need, having however many conversations you need to have to be able to quote the amount of jobs that you need, like, then yeah, your results are going to be constantly here, there, and there. And it's easy for, especially in landscaping, for people to blame it on seasons, right? Like, oh, well, right now it's really busy season. Well, yeah, because it's on the forefront of people's minds. But you can have a conversation with somebody about what they need to do to their lawn and or what they need to do for their backyard in the spring, you know, and maybe it's like, hey, we need to dig up a couple holes. We need to, you know, you can, yeah, there's a right and a wrong time. But I think it's also, you have to do the work even when it, the season is slow, even when you don't want to, even when, XYZ fill in whatever excuse you want to give yourself. But if you don't consistently do the work, you can't expect to have consistent results. Yeah, I I agree. And just even thinking back to some of the people I've talked to, they, they struggle with this. They struggle with being consistent, whether it's reaching out to clients every single day or whatever social media or whatever they, they want to do. They just struggle with it because they feel they're getting pulled from this direction to this direction, you know, the customer complaints or employee issues, whatever. Do you have any advice on how to kind of keep consistent with whatever their goal is? So when we, within coaching, we, your coach helps you figure out kind of what's your ideal schedule, right? And when we think of when we, when we build an ideal schedule, we come up with like, it's broken down into three different things, big rocks, pebbles, and sand. Oftentimes the reason why people don't hit their goals is because they focus on the sand and the pebbles and they allow that to take their time versus the big rocks, which is oftentimes their income producing activities you have to set boundaries around your income producing activities. And those have to be the things you do first, because if you don't do those things first, everything else will get in the way. And that's one thing when somebody gets into coaching, we go over an ideal schedule and I've constantly have people like, Christine, I could never run a schedule like this because if I get a call at five in the morning and you know, X, Y, Z, my, you know, like they'll make all these excuses of why they can't do it. And it's like, well, but if you don't write out an ideal schedule, 
you have no idea what you'll, you'll never come close to having an ideal week because you have no idea what it looks like. Right. And I think that is where even when things are hitting the fan, even when you have a client that's, you know, calling you irate about something, yeah, you still have to deal with those things, but it's not allowing the emergency. It's, It's being proactive versus being reactive. And that's always making sure that your income producing activities happen first versus, oh, I'll get to, I'll, I'll make my dials, I'll find my new names, I'll get my new quotes after I deal with all these five problem clients. And it's like, if you constantly work like that, then you're never going to overcome the hurdle of trying to get to that next level because you're allowing things that don't make you money, that typically cost you money when you're dealing with a problem versus setting a boundary of dealing with the consistent and big rocks that you have to do first and consistently before you handle the pebbles in the sand. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit where the the power of no comes into play sometimes and being able to tell a customer, you know, I, I've had where customers called and complained about something. Me and say, I'm sorry this happened, but can I get to this tomorrow? And most of the time, if you explain that to the person, most of the time that that is not a problem. But being able to take control of your time is is huge. And, and that's where I feel like you said that people just struggle with so, so much. Well, it's setting boundaries. And I think we live in a society where people don't take accountability for things they do, whether it's good or bad. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, customer's always right. And that's not always the case, right? Do you want to make your customers happy? Yes. But do you occasionally have customers who you can't make them happy, even if you did the most immaculate job ever? They just, they are that person and they're, they're not going to be happy with anything, And you've spent so much time trying to make them happy. And it's like, this is an uphill battle. I'm not going to win this, right? But you could go out and and make sure that you hit your number of talking to five new people. And in whatever refund you had to give back to that problem client, because it's easy to just cut ties and say goodbye, you could maybe either make your money back or go make a bigger sale with somebody who's like, hey, I appreciate what you did today. If you can get to me next week, that'd be great. No big deal. And I think sometimes we hold on so tightly to like, oh, I don't want to lose this. And it's like, but in the process of letting go, you could go and gain twice as many people who would make you twice as much money as that one problem client that you're holding on to so tightly. And I think that's where it comes into those big rocks, those income producing activities, where if you put boundaries around that and you make sure that those are always happening first before anything else, you will consistently grow. Even going back to your, your discussion here on, on customer that complains or whatever it is. Is really looking to me is looking at the problem and seeing what could I've done different or could I had a procedure or policy in place that could have eliminated whatever the issue was. If it's mm-hmm. whatever the crews forgot to close a gate or, you know, what can you do to take yourself out of that situation? So you can focus on, like you said, the big rocks is, is really important. And I think a lot of people just struggle with it. They want to be the firefighter that's running in and putting, taking care of the problems, but stepping back and getting yourself away from that is a huge, huge relief. Once you actually, you know, change your mindset on that, I think. Well, and I think sometimes we feel like we have to overcompensate for other people when they're upset about something, right? So if somebody is mad about a job you did, right, then the simple thing you can ask is, I- I'm sorry that you're not satisfied. What-, what are your expectations here? How would you like this to end? Do you want me to get, I mean, and sometimes people are just like, I just want you to, I just want to let me to vent. I want to acknowledge I don't like this. And like, even if you gave them 10% off of what you originally quoted them, right, they're more than happy with that. They're over the moon about that. Sometimes it's just, it's being bold enough to just ask somebody, okay, I understand. I understand you're frustrated. I understand that you're not happy. What do you think is fair for you? How do you want to see this, this situation resolved? Right. 
And it's sometimes just allowing them. And then sometimes people just like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And maybe it's because they just have been <laughs> used to people just like fighting, fighting, fighting. I'm not giving your money back. Tough luck. You got to deal with it. But I think sometimes when we just take a step back, we ask like, okay, I, I understand you. Is there anything else? Okay. What would be fair? W- what do you want to see happen? And sometimes they'll just say like, can, can you give me 10% off? Like, sure. I'm more than happy to do that. Right. So sometimes people just are, they want to fight, fight, fight. And it's like, just, okay, ask them what they want. Ask them how they want this to fix. And some people, I mean, are going to be completely off the wall and be like, I want a full refund. It's like, well, that's not going to happen. Cause I have to pay my, I have to feed my family. I had to pay for the materials. I had to pay for this. So that is not going to work. Yeah. Can we meet in the middle? Right. And so I think sometimes it's just being bold enough to ask people like, what do you want? Yeah, absolutely. And then that solved the problem. And then it ends up being less of a deal. Like, we think it's like this giant fire of like, oh my gosh, I have to go put this out. And it's like, it is like literally a little contained thing that you just have to splash some water on and then it's done. So, so true. And it, like you said, a lot of times people just want to vent and let you know that the crew's messed up or whatever happened, happened, you know, and they just want to get that out there. Okay. You know, I'm sorry. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. We'll create a policy or procedure around that. So it doesn't happen again. I apologize. Just having that simple, simple little thing like that. Well, and that comes down to what you just said, like systems, right? Like I think, that's one of the biggest things that we focus on within coaching is having systems in place. Like, do you have a procedure for that? Like, you know, I mean, I think of when I talk to clients who run their own business, it's like, Hey, what are the top three, three problems you face in your business? Okay. When that happens, what do you do? And working in some people's like, Oh, I don't know. It depends on the situation. I was like, but that's the problem, right? You gotta, okay. How do we prevent that from happening in the future? What policy do we need to put into place in order to have, what system do we need to put into place so that we can prevent this from happening but that way, when it does happen, it's like a little like, oh, OK, easy peasy fix versus this giant thing that didn't need to be a big deal. That's something that people have to overcome is everything's a system. If you really look at it, some kind of process that you do, no matter what it is, there's some kind of system, even just going back to the way you brush your teeth in the morning or get ready to go to work. There is a system that you typically do every single time when you do that. And if you start looking at your business that way. It makes those big problems seem so much smaller and much easier to handle, at least in my opinion. Right. No, exactly. I think at the end of the day, right, it all comes back to to sales. A lot of times what happens is people are like, well, I just need to make more money. I need to get more sales. But then they don't have a process for how to get more clients, right? Like it's like, well, my business is uh, everything. Every client I get is from referrals. It's like, okay, well, how often are you asking your clients for referrals versus just waiting for them to send them to you? Is that the only method you're doing? Because if you're not doing that, then you're leaving a lot of money on the table or you're just, there's, there could be a whole nother stream of income or stream of business that you're getting, whether it's utilizing social media, whether it's having um, the garden center or, you know, nursery that you buy your materials from promoting you. There's, I mean, so many different things, but I think people are like, I just need to sell more. And it's like, okay, well, how are you going to do that? And then they just, I don't know. I just need to do more. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's a, that's apparent, which is why we're having this conversation. So let's put some actual tangible things into place so that you're able to get more sales, sell more, but you're doing it in a way of, okay, I talk to these three garden centers once, you know, I go visit these three garden centers once a month to get product. And I, you know, make sure to ask every time the checkout ladies, I know their name, they know who I am. I build a relationship with them so that when they, I can be a preferred, you know, landscaper for them for when they sell products of people that need an install they say okay go talk to Ruben he's our guy and I think it's some people just they think inside their box 
and they want to grow their sales, but it's the simple fact of, okay, but you have to give yourself enough at bats to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it is getting yourself enough bats. I think that's, that's where a lot of people struggle in this field. They just, they don't keep track of it and they just get stuck with just doing social media. Well, have you ever talked about getting some kind of networking group or whatever it is? And, and that's where the coaching comes in play because they can help you direct you. Well, let's try this. And this doesn't work. Let's, let's try this. But having someone there to kind of help guide you is, is so important. Is there anything that you can recommend for people that are struggling with sales right now? You know, I know we talked about being consistent. Is there anything that you can recommend right now if they're struggling to, to kind of get out there and get more to get more sales? Yes. I mean, I think anytime you read books, I mean, so the three top books, I would say if, for people that read books, which you should, uh, you can learn a lot from, from different books. But I think the book Atomic Habits by James Clear is super helpful. Um, it helps you just understand your sales. Uh, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is also a really great book. But I think one easy way of growing your sales is if you look back at your numbers of your sales from this year, okay, those jobs that you did, where did they come from? Were they a referral from a previous client? Were they a referral from the nursery that you buy all your goods from? Were they, did they find your website off of Facebook, right? So I think sometimes the biggest way you can find sales is you look at where did your sales this year come from? And if you look back and you realize, oh, I have a a client who referred me five of their friends and that was my whole August, right? It's okay. Well, did you do something nice for that person? Like, and it's not enough to be anything big, right? It could be that you just send them a bottle of wine or whatever that case might be. But oftentimes we don't take the time to look at our existing sales and say, where did this come from? And then learning how to duplicate that process. Why is it that that one that, you know, June Hammond, why did she decide to refer five of her friends? What, you know, was it because she, you know, they all, she hosts a, you know, garden party every summer and they all came and saw her garden that you did a huge project for. And then they all were like, Oh, we want this person, you know, we want, Ruben to come do our, our lawn now too. Right. And it's okay. Well, how many other people does June know that also does garden parties that she could potentially refer you to? So sometimes it's looking, reflecting into, Hey, where did your, where did the sales you've already made come from? And how do we duplicate that? I agree. Um, the reason I bring that question up is I actually was speaking to a, a coaching client of ours and they, they're just struggling right now with sales. And I asked him some of the same questions. Where are you getting your current clients from? Have you reached out to your current clients to see if they need any additional services? You know, And so I was like, sometimes you have to think outside the box. And to me, going back to tracking, and, and one of the things we have in our program, I step back here, is we have, when we pre-qualify our customers, we have a sheet that we go through so you're staying consistent and you're asking them, where did you hear about us? You know, yeah. And marking that down. So if that's you're hearing from Facebook ads, okay, let's keep pushing money into Facebook ads. Or if you're not, then stop, you know? And going back to tracking is is very important. So Christine, I I appreciate you being on here today. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about Southwestern Consulting and and if people are interested, how they can find out more information about you to to get your services? Yes. So with Southwestern Consulting, so we um, we are a company that um, we have over 175 coaches worldwide who do what I do. Um, When somebody decides, hey, I want to get a coach, they take a personality test that breaks down how do you naturally buy and sell? How do you work with your clients? Um, they also take a sales diagnostic test that they actually fill out, okay, what are your strengths? What are your areas of opportunity? What motivates you? What's some of your big accomplishments? What do you want to get out of coaching? That creates an algorithm that matches you with your coach. All of our coaches have at least 10 years worth of sales experience and we're top producers from whatever industry they came from. 
I mentioned that because it's one of the reasons why we are able to get the results we do, which is, you know, the average person that works with our coaching program increases their income by 46%, increases their productivity by 58%. Part of that is we make sure that they're matched with the right coach, somebody who's going to speak their language, push the right buttons, encourage them, hold them accountable, because it's not a one size fits all program. Um, in regards to what people need from coaching. But with that, we also have when somebody's in coaching, we have 50 different topics that we talk about anything from how do you improve your cycle of the sale to okay, I'm ready to hire my first employee. What does that look like? What do I need to put into place? How do I find that person? How do I bring them on? How do I create a sales culture? So in the, the system of growth, it's everything from how do you grow your sales to then be able to grow your organization, and so on and so forth. So if you are interested in getting a coach, um, you can go to our website, www.southwesternconsulting.com. There's a, an area where you can click on a coach. Also, feel free to send me an email if you need anything. It's cmartin, M-A-R-T-I-N, at southwesternconsulting.com. But I think, yeah, if you, you've thought, if you got anything from today and you're like, hey, I could use more of that, it, it's a conversation around hey, is coaching for you? Because our coaching program isn't for everyone. The three things we ask that are a requirement to get into coaching are, can you be coachable? It's funny as it sounds, some people are not coachable. And if you're not coachable, you don't get a lot out of coaching. Shocking. Two is, can you be committed? Our coaching program is a 12-month commitment. Um, after that, it's month to month. You can work with your coach for as long as you want, but it is the initial 12 months. And the reason we do that is because all sales are cyclical. But if you're not willing to invest in yourself for at least a year to make sure you really build that foundation to continue your growth, you don't see the results that you want. So a 12-month commitment. And then the third thing is, do you want change? I think as humans, we all want change. We want our bank accounts to change. We want our surroundings to change, our circumstances to change. We don't want to have to be the person that changes to get there. But that is, if you don't want to change, you're not going to get a lot of coaching. Coaching will not work for you. So those three things, coachable, committed, as well as if you want change. Um, yep. What it looks like is you'll have a conversation with uh, myself. We kind of just talk about what are your goals and then, yeah. And then if you're like, Hey, coaching is for me, then we get enrolled, we get you matched with the right coach and then it's off to the races. The one thing I wanted to share with the audience is one thing I love about your program is the one-on-one coaching and then it's a 12 month commitment. I know there's a lot of programs out there and it, not even just specific for landscaping, but they're just a one-off product and those are all right. But to build, do what we talked about today is, you know, setting your vision and creating those habits and being consistent and having someone to help guide you along the way, that is really going to amplify, you know, where you're going to get with that program versus the one-off course. And that's one thing I really love about Southwestern Consulting. So guys, I really recommend if you want to improve your sales and, and really amplify that and have somebody help you hold you accountable and make sure you're achieving those goals, reach out to them, reach out to Christine and, and get that help that you need. Otherwise, like she said, it just... You keep doing the same thing over and over, it's insanity. So why keep struggling and hurting yourself and hurting your family by not taking advantage of this type of service? So Christine, do you have any uh, final piece of advice that you'd like to share with the audience before we head out? Well, I mean, I think this is the time of year where we're going into a new year. So one of the biggest things you can do for yourself is, is yes, look at like this past year, what went well. I always ask people like when you're, this is something I do with all my coaching clients this time of year is like, you know, what are one or two things that you're proud of from this year? What's one or two of your favorite memories? Um, And what's one thing you want to have be different. And sometimes just starting with that and taking time to really reflect on this past year of what went well and finding the good in it. There's probably more things that happened that were good this year 
And if we only harp and focus on the negative things, that changes your mindset, which is not going to get you out of the position you're in right now. So I think taking time to reflect on 2023 and what went well, and maybe the one thing that you need to be different for next year, maybe that's getting a coach. Maybe that's getting somebody that can help you to be better. Whatever that looks like for you, if you don't take the time and schedule it and protect that time to really reflect on what went well and what's one or two things I could do better, then sometimes we miss the boat and we just keep doing the same thing over and over. Great, great stuff. Thank you, Christine. Thank you for being on the show today. And guys, again, reach out to them and just get that process started because it's something that I see happen over and over in this industry, just getting stuck in the doing the same thing over and over and not making the change, wanting the change, but not actually taking action on it. So to get in a program, like she said, don't put it off till the spring or whenever. Now is the best time to start doing it. What's what's that saying about when's the best time to plant a tree? You know, it's so true. And you you really just need to take the time to do it. So again, Christine, thank you very much for being on the show. Look forward to uh, to having you be on again and actually talking to you. And just so everybody knows that we actually invited Christine. She's going to be in in one of our programs. She's going to be hopping in and doing some talking about some sales later on. So if you're interested in getting a little bit and want to find a little bit more about her and that, get in our program and and check that out. I think we said, I think it was March. I'm sorry. I just, I wrote it down. I, March 13th. March 13th. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So she's going to be in there and she's going to be talking about some stuff. So if you you know want to get a little more glimpse and see what they have, get in our program and she can uh, help guide you and you need to talk about the coaching at that time too, you can do that too. So again, thank you, Christine. I look forward to uh, working with you more in the future. Yes, it's going to be great. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to the success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.